27. Do want to encourage you, don't lose your prayer list. I keep mine in my Bible. Uh, that way that we can have that uh, to be able to go through on throughout the week and pray for these folks. I was noticing, but we have a lot of needs for our missionaries there. Pray for those, uh, especially ones we know well. Glad to have Brother Dom back, back there tonight. And I got heard a good report from him, how the Lord blessed him there in his ministry. Brother Dom Beck, we need to get you up here one night. Give us a report on how things went while he was up there in the north. And uh, the Lord blessed him and always uses him. And uh, last Sunday, we had uh, Uncle Jerry Pertell sitting back here toward the middle. And he had the uh, trailer there up there at the fair. And uh, he called me last night and said I had over 800 people uh, come and get on the, the video bus there and hear the gospel. I can't remember how many professions of faith they had. Uh, but he said he always enjoys coming to Hattiesburg, always has a good response. People are very kind. Uh, and I appreciate those of you who went out and helped, provided meals for that. So uh, keep up with your prayer list. Be sure you pray for our people. I have several uh, that, are, that are obviously in great need tonight, some in the hospital. Psalms verse, uh, chapter 27, if you're there, let's stand together. I want to be a blessing to you tonight, okay? i be, be honest with you, oftentimes that's my burden and desire when I stand behind the pulpit, uh, but I'm sure sometimes it doesn't come across as a blessing. Uh, but tonight I do want to try to be a blessing and an encouragement to you. And I hope you'll leave here with something tonight that, uh, that you're going to use. And I know you'll use it if you'll be willing to receive it tonight. Psalms chapter 27. Let's pick up in verse 1. We'll read through about verse 3 and we'll pray and let you be seated. The Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom I sh shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Notice those last few lines of verse number 3. The Bible says, in this will I be confident. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you again. Lord, what a blessing it is to be here tonight. And Lord, no matter what happens throughout the day on a Wednesday, I'm always thankful to be in church. I need to be here. I need to hear from you, Lord, even though I might be preaching. I need to hear from your spirit. And so my heart is open tonight as I pray all of ours is. And Lord, whatever truth that we need tonight, I pray that, Lord, we'd receive it and respond to it. Be with our people that are on the prayer list. Uh, those that are watching tonight can't be here. Bless them. And I pray that, Lord, your will be done in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Earlier this week, we were in uh, the book of Proverbs in our family devotions and ran across something that I've run across twice in the last week. And uh, oftentimes that signals the Lord is really preparing something that we're going to be preaching on. And obviously, that's just the case tonight. And we were in Proverbs chapter 12 and, and verse 3. I won't uh, turn there. But the Bible talks about a man not being established in wickedness, but the root of the righteous not being moved. That through wickedness that man shall not be established, but the root of the righteous, the Bible says, he'll not be moved. And we spent a few minutes together in our, in our devotion that night talking about the confidence that we have knowing we are living in a righteous manner. Okay? Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. I do it every day of my life. I don't plan on making them, but I do all the same. I live in a fallen flesh body, and I live in a fallen world. And so that temptation is always there. But the Bible says in that verse that that's the root of the righteous shall not be moved. 
that there's a confidence there when we are living the way that God told us we should live. I'm thankful tonight that when we know we're living by the will and the word of God, even if it's in spurts at times and in small windows, that when we're living righteously or rightly according to the will and the word of God, the Bible says that that root shall not be moved. That means when we know we're doing what is right and we're doing the right thing in the right way, we can have confidence that we can remain. Aren't you glad about that? I'm thankful. I need to know those roots are there in the day and age that we're living in. It kind of reminds me of Proverbs 28.1. The Bible says the wicked, that wicked man, the Bible says, he flees when no one pursues. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, notice that righteousness is there again, that when we are righteous and living righteously, our roots shall not be moved. We have confidence. We will not be moved. And then chapter 28, verse 1, the Bible says that righteous person is bold as a lion. Now, both of those verses, we see what we're going to key in on tonight, and it's the word confidence. We have confidence when we know that we're living according to the Word of God, living righteously. And the Bible says because of that, we are bold as a lion. I want you to think about that word confidence tonight. Confidence is an important and inseparable part of the Christian life. You've got to be confident in what you're doing, and you've got to have a holy boldness about what God's called us to do. If you do not have a holy boldness or that spiritual confidence, and you go out there and try to do the will of God, you're not going to make it very long. That root is not going to remain very long. That lion is not going to roar very loud. Why? Because we need confidence. It's an inseparable part of any successful conquest, all right? If you're going to go out to do something and be successful in it, you need to have confidence, right? You're not going to make it very long if you're not confident in it. I read some quotes today on some people that we might characterize as being confident. One was Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon is being the one attributed to the phrase that if you want something done well, you have to do it yourself, okay? Uh, Now, I think Napoleon is showing us a little bit of his confidence, wouldn't you say? That if you want something done well, you're going to have to do it yourself. Someone else that popped in my mind this afternoon as being someone who was confident was Muhammad Ali. Now, obviously, I did not know Muhammad Ali, but I've read a little bit about him, and I've heard a lot of things about him, seen some things on television. He was the one who made the famous statement that, I am the greatest. I mean, when he got in the boxing ring, he did not lack in the area of confidence, did he? He thought he was the greatest, and he won many fights. Why? He went into it with confidence. Read an interesting quote today by Helen Keller. She says, nothing will be accomplished without hope and confidence. I would say Helen Keller was a successful person in the ventures that she was in. Confidence is an important thing that we all need, but think about this tonight. Confidence is only as good as what it is in. All right, did you get me there? All right, Brother Richard got it. Anybody else get that? All right, confidence is only as good as what your confidence is in. So Muhammad Ali's confidence, obviously, he was not a worshiper of Christ. His his confidence was not in Christ. His confidence was in himself. And so Muhammad Ali's success and strength is only based on as far as his self could take him. Why? Because that's where his confidence was. I think we can see that also in the life of Napoleon. If our confidence is in ourself, our abilities, our experiences, our knowledge, whatever it is, then you will only go as far as that does. You see how that works? 
I remember my first pastorate. Uh, I'd grown up in a pastor's home and been around a lot of preachers in my life and a lot of conferences. And I felt like I'd spent half my life in church and revivals and conferences and, and meetings and fellowships and heard a lot of preaching, okay? Heard a lot of preaching in my life. And when 29 years old, when I got called to my first church to pastor, I thought, well, I've got this figured out. I grew up in a pastor's home. I saw firsthand what they go through behind the scenes. By the way, that's why I didn't want to be a pastor, because you see what they go through. Uh, But then the Lord changed my heart and called us to a church. And uh, I remember getting over there, and I was so excited. Man, we're going to do this, we're going to build that, and we're going to have these programs and young people and bus routes and all of these things. It's going to be great. I know what I'm doing. I've been around it long enough. I've read some books on it, got great experiences. I've observed a lot. And, man, that lasted about six weeks. My confidence was out the window. There were days I was thinking to myself, I'm not even sure if I'm called here anymore. I'm recalling my dad, talking to my dad. I says, these folks got problems here. He said, yes, that's what pastors are there for. I'm like, what? (laughs) Thought I was just there to preach, man. I like to preach. That's the fun part. That's about 10% of the job, just preaching. My confidence was in my intellect and my observations and my experiences. Yeah, that ran out six weeks. Six weeks in, I'm seriously, I'm not joking. Six weeks in, I thought, well, I've preached all of this. I felt like I had. I was like, I don't know what else to preach on. I preached on this, that, and the other. I realized my confidence was in myself, and my confidence ran out. Uh, Look, it it didn't take but a few stern looks from those sweet little old ladies in that church uh, to realize what what I thought I was. Some of those ladies in their 80s backed me into a corner, buddy. Don't mess with the traditional stuff, you know. We've always done it that way. And oh, after a while, my confidence was gone. Why? Because my confidence was in me. My confidence was in me. Your confidence is only good as what your confidence is in. And yet we see tonight David shows us how to have a fulfilling confidence. And it's one that we can count on. You see, when my confidence ran out and my experiences and observations and intellect and ideas, when all of that ran out, my confidence ran out because that's what my confidence was in. And it was only then that I had to find a confidence in something beyond myself. And I found it in the Word of God, and I think David is showing us what that is in Psalms 27. Tonight, I want to give you, I really do want to encourage you. I hope this is a blessing to you. I want to give you some confidence that you can count on. That's the message tonight, some confidence you can count on. Can I tell you, look, your confidence in yourself will only take you so far. Only take you so far. Our experiences, our intellect, our observations, it will only take us so far. But I think there's a confidence in the Bible tonight that will keep us going all the way home. And David's going to show us what it is. Now look down, if you will, to verse 1. David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The very end of verse 3, he says, In this will I be confident. It's interesting, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3, each of those have one thing that David shows us he was confident in. And what's interesting, when you look at it, you see that they're the past, the present, and the future. Now, I assure you, you're going to need all three of these tonight, these confidences that you can count on. Now, the first one's in verse 1. Notice the language. David says, the Lord, now that next word's very important. It's the word is. The Lord is 
my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, there it is again, little word, but it's supposed to be in there. It's very important. Is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, this first confidence that you need tonight is very, very important. David says, the Lord is this in my life. That word is, that's present tense. That's active at that very moment that he's speaking. David says this first confidence that we need to have tonight, number one, this is confidence in the character of God. Watch closely. David says, I'm confident, verse number three, in this. This is what I'm confident in. And the first thing he was confident in was who the Lord is. All right? That's present tense. Aren't you glad we don't talk about God in a past tense? Aren't you glad that all the things that he was to David then, he is to us today? Now, I'm going to tell you, my confidence will run out, and my confidence in myself, in my talents, in my abilities, listen, that's going to go away real quick. But aren't you glad the character of God never changes? That he is who he said he is, and he is who he always was. Mind blown all of a sudden. Now look, you can have confidence as you seek to do the will of God in your life simply because of the character of who God is. You put, look, you put confidence in yourself, it's shaky. Do you know why? Because you're not always the same. We are wishy-washy. I am a moody person. I can be in a good mood. Things are going well. Man, I just feel like heaven came down and glory filled my soul. It's just going great. And then take, take one person say something to me sideways. Oh, the next thing you know, I'm thinking thoughts that I shouldn't be thinking. And those of you that are laughing know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. I'm not the Lord. And I don't need to put confidence in myself because if I put confidence in myself and who I am, my confidence is going to do this. Why? Because that's how I live. I'm not consistent. But he's the Lord and he changes not. He's the same today as he was yesterday, and he'll be the same tomorrow. And as we seek to serve God, we need to serve in the confidence of the character of who God is. Now, watch this. Look at verse 2 and 3. Verse 2 and 3 would look like someone being cocky. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. Verse 2 and 3 sound like David's flexing for a moment, doesn't it? But you have to read it in the context of verse 1. His confidence was not in himself. His confidence was in who God was and who God is. This is important. I want you to think about it in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 31. The Bible talks about the children of Israel and those spies who went into that land. The Bible says that when they came out, they said, look, we can't take them boys. We can't fight with those guys. We're as grasshoppers, or they're as grasshoppers, and we're small in their sight. We can't fight against them. Do you know what just happened? Watch closely. Their confidence was dashed when all of a sudden, their circumstances overshadowed their skill set. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have any confidence anymore because who's about us and our circumstances are greater than we are. Can I tell you, you're going to go out into a world and the circumstances are going to overshadow your skill set. David lived in a world where his circumstances overshadowed his skill set. You say, how do you know? Well, Goliath was taller than him. Goliath overshadowed David. 
And yet David went into it confidently. Why? He wasn't confident in David. He says, the Lord delivered me out of the hand of the lion. It was the Lord who delivered me out of the hand of the bear. And David's confidence was not in who he was. It was in who God was. Now, folks, look, this ought to make you smile. Even for some of you who don't like to smile, this ought to help you a little bit tonight. You can have confidence in the will of God for your life in a world where the circumstances are much greater than you are simply because, watch this, the first three words of verse 1. The Lord is. You go out there in the world and you're trying to do what God said do. And all of a sudden you realize you're not. I'm not man enough. I'm not woman enough. I'm not Christ-like enough to be the husband, the wife, the parent, the young person that I need to be. And all of a sudden your confidence begins to shrink. Why? Your circumstances outweigh your skill set. And you're standing in the shadow of circumstances bigger than you are. And all of a sudden, your confidence begins to wane. Do you need to know? All that you're not, verse 1 says, the Lord is. The Lord is. You go to, I've talked to some of the young people today. They're out door knocking, witnessing the people. And talked to my daughter. She got to talk to a nice lady today. And a lady that's not saved. And boy, they ask you some tough questions sometimes. And answers you don't know. And. Uh, boy, you feel like i got to have the right answer. Can I tell you, you're not always going to have the right answer. You're not always going to have the right comeback. But I'll tell you, there's a Holy Spirit of God who has just the right thing to say, and he can reach past all of the excuses. He can reach past all of the denials and pierce deep within their heart and bring conviction on their heart. Why? Because the Lord is. I'm not enough, but the Lord is. Stand behind this pulpit to preach. And you look out and you know needs that are here and needs that are there. And you say, God, I don't have the answer to those needs. I'm thankful that I can stand behind this pulpit with confidence. Why? The Lord is. David says, I have confidence in the character of God. What did he tell Moses? Moses was needing a little bit of confidence. You want me to go stand in front of Pharaoh? Really? You know, I'm kind of wanted there. They probably got the wanted posters there on the sides of the temples with my picture on them. They probably had to chisel them into the, you know, or maybe on the papyrus. That's what it was. What's Moses needing? Confidence. God, I'm just not sure. I don't know that I can speak. I'm needing some confidence. Who do I tell them sent me? He said, just tell them I am. I am. He said, I am what? I'm everything. Everything you're not, everything you use as an excuse, I am. The Lord is. You know what that tells me? I'm without excuse. When I go out there in the world to live for God, to raise my daughter right, to build my home, to pastor this church, all the insufficiencies that I feel and that I know and that are real are no excuse because the Lord is. The Lord is. Number one tonight, a confidence you can count on is a confidence in the character of God. Think about this tonight. Say, uh, say Brother Ace comes up to me before church and says, Pastor, I, I've been working out. It looks like you've been working out, Brother Ace. Amen. Been working out. He's been working out and says, I, I've been getting my arms strengthened up. And uh, I want you to go up here to the top of the building with me. And I'm going to jump off and I'm going to flap my wings. I've been, I've been working out and I'm going to fly right across the highway. No offense, Brother Ace, but I'm not going to have a whole lot of confidence in him. Do you know why? Because I know the circumstances he's going to encounter the moment he jumps off are going to overshadow his skill set, all right? As much uh, personal confidence and self-confidence that he has, it's nothing because the circumstances are going to overwhelm him, all right? I'm not going to have a whole lot of confidence in him. That's the way we are in the world without God. 
That's why the Bible says with men, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You see, you're not relying on your talent and your skill set. You're just going with God. If God was standing up there on top of that building and says, let's jump off together, take his hand and jump. Why? Because with him, you can. Without him, you can't. Why? That's the character of God. The truth of the matter is tonight, David understood this. David understood all that he was not. He says, but you know, God is. The Lord is. You think about all the bear traps that David went in in his life. Boy, he was in some. And yet God brought him through. I was reading in John this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. We could spend all night here, but I'm not. You go through John, you have the seven I am's of Christ. Go through the book of John and read them sometime. Of all that Christ says, I am. I'll give you the real quickly, and you can look them up later. He says in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Do you know what bread is an illustration for? It sustained them. Sustained them. You ever feel like you couldn't keep going? You ever feel like you want to quit? You ever feel like you just wanted to throw your hands up and say, I am done? He says, hey, hey, look, by yourself, you're not. But the Lord is. He's that bread. He's a sustainer. Keep reading in John. I'll give you these real quickly. John chapter 10, he says, I am the door. The door of what? More the door of that sheep gate. You see, there was no door on that sheepfold that was there. That shepherd would lay down in front of it. He says, I am the door. Do you know what he was there for? To protect, to keep anything from getting to those sheep. Christ says, I am. I am. You ever feel scared? It's like the wolves of this world are closing in on you. Hey, don't worry. Hey, don't worry in your capability. Trust in his character. Hey, he is the door, and he's a faithful door, and nothing's going to get to me that hadn't gone through him first, and I trust in the character of God. Suddenly, I have confidence. Boy, if Jesus is sleeping there at that sheep gate, he's blocking that door. Hey, sleep sound. Sleep sound. Nothing's going to get to him. We keep reading the book of John, chapter 8. He says, I am the light. I am the light. Hey, you're not going to have to walk in darkness. He's the light. John 11, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. John 10, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All of these things, he says, I am. And all of those things we're not. So that's why our confidence cannot come from self. Our confidence has got to come from the very character of God. What's the confidence? The confidence is in who he is. 168 times in Scripture, I looked it up today. 168 times in Scripture, the Bible says, the Lord is. The Lord is. Oh, the devil loves to remind me of what I'm not. Sometimes he uses people to remind me of what I'm not. And sadly, a lot of times I have to agree with him. I know I'm not. Man, all of a sudden, your confidence starts to shrink. Why? Because all that you're not. By the way, that's not a bad thing. Because the sooner you can realize you're not, the sooner you learn that the Lord is. And you quit trusting in your capability and you start trusting in his character that he is. What did he tell Moses? He says, I am greater in the book of Exodus. The book of Numbers, he says, I am with you. Second Samuel, he says, I am the rock. Don't we need that today? In the book of Psalms, he says, I am, or the Lord is tried and a buckler. Second Thessalonians, he says, he is faithful. Can I tell you why you ought to have confidence tonight? Not because of anything you know, anything you've seen, or anything you've done. 
You ought to have confidence tonight in the character of God, the unchanging, eternal character of God. These aren't just gimmicks that God does. This is who he is. It's unchangeable. Just as I can't change who I am, that is who he is. He's the Lord. He changes not. And I can trust and have confidence in that. Sadly, do you know what the alternative to having confidence in the character of God is? The alternative to that is having self-confidence where we trust in our capability. That's when we get in trouble. That's when we get in trouble. You know, the Bible says the book of Jeremiah, the Bible says, curses the man that trusteth in man. That includes you. When I trust myself, and I trust in what I can do and what I know. David says, I want you to know something in verse number three. There's, this is what I'm going to be confident in. Number one, in verse number one, I'm going to be confident in the character of God and who God is. That's number one. Now look at verse two. The Bible says, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. So watch this. This is really neat. Verse one, he says, the Lord is. That's present tense. But then verse 2, he uses some different words. Notice he says, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me, they stumbled and fell. This is past tense. David is now looking backwards. And David is getting confidence in verse number 3 as he looks backwards in verse number 2, seeing all that God had done for him. This is the second confidence you need tonight. Number one, it's in the character of God. Number two, you need confidence in the commitment of God. He looked back in verse number 2 and he says, when the wicked came and my enemies were after me. Boy, you read about all the stories in David about David. All the times he was on the run and Saul was trying to kill him and he was an enemy of everybody at some times it seems like and David was always on the run and here's what David is saying. Can I tell you what I see when I look back? All the times they closed in on me, God was there and God was faithful to me and God was committed to me. Even the times that David was out of the will of God, God was faithful to David. Why? Because we have a loving father who's long-suffering and he's merciful. Can I tell you why you ought to have confidence tonight as you seek to do the will of God in your life? You ought to have confidence because of the commitment of God. How many times have you looked back in your life? Or maybe tonight you need to do that. Watch this. Let's all do this right quick. Let's do an imaginary uh, scenario here. I want everybody in here tonight to go back in your past to a dark day. We've all had one. Now, I'm not talking about April 15th, Okay. I'm talking about a real one, not tax day, a dark day where you felt like verse 2, the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. All right, everybody there? At that moment, you thought you weren't going to make it. This is it. Can I give you some really good news? You're here. You made it. You made it. Can I tell you how you made it? Because of the commitment of an almighty God. And that dark day you were going through where you thought your enemies were closing in and yet God was faithful. And you can have confidence. Why? Not because I'm committed, because my commitment, it comes and goes, but because we have a committed God. I can't help but think about in the life of David, the time in 1 Samuel 30 where they were off at war and they come back from war and the city's burned and everyone's been taken captive. Now you think about that. You're the guy in charge leading these men into war. And when you come back, all of their their wives and their children have been hauled off captive. The Bible says the men wept 
And they wept and they wept. And then they spake of stoning David. Bad day. All right? Don't ever do that to your pastor, okay? All right? Don't speak of stoning him. That just discourages me. Every time I hear somebody wants to stone me, okay? So here's David. And he's sitting there and he looks around. He doesn't have a friend in the world. Ever felt like that? Looks around. I don't have a friend in the world. And the guys I thought were my friends, now they want to kill me. David sits there. You imagine how low he was. And yet what happened? The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. When nobody else had confidence in him, he got his confidence from the God who was faithful. So he goes to God and he says, God, what do I do? These guys want to kill me. You know, if I'm like God, I'm kind of like, can you do that Scotty thing off of Star Trek? Can you just beam me up? Get me out of here. You know, whoo, tricks on you. God got me out of here. I know you Star Wars people don't be talking about Star Trek, but it's, you know, they have beamed me up on Star Wars, okay? David goes to God and he says, God, what do I do? And God says, hey, go get them. Go get them. Pursue. The Bible says they recovered them all. How do you get on your horse and start riding? Well, you, you do that with the confidence that you got from a God that continues. David's confidence came from the fact that he had a God that was committed to him and God was with him. 2022, boy, I tell you, there's been so many disappointments in, in this world. We're disappointed in people. We get disappointed in, 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 in friends, family. I mean, we've all had disappointments. And at government, we get disappointment in other Christians. We've all been disappointed. And if you don't watch, your disappointments in other people will lead to a disappointment in you. Right? You know what that means? That means our confidence was misplaced. All right? If we remain faithful and committed to our God who's committed to us, can I tell you something? You'll never have a reason to be disappointed. We keep our eyes on the one that matters. Now, you think about this today. With all the things going on in our world, it, there's so many reasons to want to quit. Can we be honest? I mean, you're giving reasons to quit church, to quit on your marriage, to quit on your kids, to quit trying to live for God. You're given so many reasons to quit, but I'll promise you, none of them came from God. God's never going to give you a reason to quit. Matter of fact, you go to God and you start telling him why you want to quit. Remember Jeremiah? Not this one, the other one, the real one. Remember, he wanted to quit. He just kept saying, I've been preaching for you. I've been faithful for you. And all of this is going wrong. I just want to quit. He's telling God about it. And I think God's probably just sitting there waiting, just kind of smiling at him. The Bible says that fire built up in his bones. He couldn't. He says, I can't forbear. Watch this. He kept crying out to God, crying out to God. All the while, God's filling him up with confidence. And after a while, he says, I want to quit, but I can't quit. Oh, I tell you, that's a great place to get to. That even when you want to quit, you can't quit. Why? Because you're focused on the one who's committed to you. And if God hadn't left you, you got no reason to leave him. Boy, that's confidence you can have tonight when you focus on the character of God and you look at the commitment of God. I told you lately, I, I've loved, you know, I've loved taking pictures of these rainbows we've had around here. They're everywhere. I mean, there's just rainbows. There was over our church the other day, one over our house, a couple in our backyard. I mean, rainbows everywhere. And I just can't help but smile every time I see one. You know why? Because it reminds me of the faithfulness of my God. He keeps his promises. I don't know how many times I've looked up to this guy and just said, thank you. Why? 1 Corinthians 1, the Bible says in verse number 9, God is faithful. 
by whom you're called. The God that called me is faithful. All right? Uh, When the calling gets tough and the road gets rough, hey, God's still faithful. God's still committed to us. Look, your government may not be committed to you. So what? Your friends may not be committed to you. So what? God is. And oh, I tell you, you and God make a majority all day long. That's why David went down and fight Goliath. He's like, okay, you guys want to hang out up here? Hey, that's fine. Me and God going down here. And he ran toward Goliath. You know what that's called? Confidence. Confidence. You know why? He says, okay, God, you didn't leave me when the lion was there. God, you didn't leave me when the bear was there. All right, I'm just going to trust you. We're going to go knock this guy down, and I'm going to chop his head off. I would say that's confidence. You start talking smack about chopping somebody's head off, that's confidence, okay? It, it may be stupidity, but it's, co- it's confidence all the same. David had confidence. Why? Because of the commitment of God. We look at Daniel. All by his lonesome. All by himself. Stood when nobody else stood. There's old Daniel. Went on down into the lion's den. Daniel was committed to God. Do you know why I believe Daniel was committed to God? Because Daniel knew that his God was committed to him. That even in that lion's den, his God was going to be there. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, wasn't he? How, I mean, I, I don't think they were excited about going to the fiery furnace, and yet they were willing to go. Why? Because they knew that fourth man would be in the fire. And can I tell you, that fourth man will be in the fire with you. Amen. It's all right. Hey, wouldn't you rather be in the furnace with Christ than outside the furnace without Christ? I would. David says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I just want to be where God is. You ought to be where, where, want to be where God is as well whether it's good times or bad times, you can have that confidence. Why? Because God is committed. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That one verse in Second Thessalonians, it gives me confidence. What does it say? It says, The Lord is faithful. Hey, don't you doubt that for a second. The Lord is committed. Our father is a good father. He's not a deadbeat dad. He's a good father. And the Bible says that he will establish us and keep us from evil. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stay committed with him. Why? He's committed to me. Can I tell you, if you're trying to raise godly kids tonight, stay confident because God's committed. If you're trying to raise godly kids, stay confident. Don't lose your confidence. Do not lose your boldness. You be bold as a lion. Why? Because raising godly kids is right. And the righteous are bold as a lion. You be bold about raising your kids right. Hey, don't you be embarrassed about raising your kids by a book that was written thousands of years ago. Don't be embarrassed about that at all. You be confident in that. Why? Because you're right. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. Don't run. Don't flinch. Hey, husband, wife, listen, you stay confident if you're trying to have a godly home. Stay confident. Why? God's committed to your home. God's committed to your home. Don't you ever forget that tonight. I think about our young people. You try to be a godly young person. Stay confident. Why? God's committed to you. God's going to be with you. He was with Daniel. Hey, why do you think those stories are in there? God's reminding us he's a committed God. God says, no matter if you're standing by yourself, no matter if you're an Esther going in into the king, hey, I'm committed to you. I'm going to be with you. Hey, have confidence. Just have confidence tonight. Why? God is committed to us. We look back in our life where we see tough days, days maybe we didn't think we're going to get through. 
And yet here we are. I don't know how many times I cried in 2021 about COVID. I mean, cried. I'm not talking about whimpered. I'm talking about cried. The day that Brother George Cook went home to be with the Lord, he was the sixth funeral in six weeks. Six funerals in six weeks. I mean, I went back to my office and I closed every door. And I sat there, knelt down on my office desk chair, and I just wept and wept and wept. I was worried about our church. I said, Lord, we just keep getting punched in the guts. We're losing godly people. And here we are, almost at 2023. God got us through. God's committed to us. We can have confidence because of that. So number one, what was David's confidence in? Well, no, verse one, he says the Lord is. That's the character of God. Number two, we see the confidence in the commitment of God. He says every time something came upon me, they stumbled and they fell. Oh, I can look back in my life and see where so many of my enemies stumbled and fell. You ever feel like they're hot on your heels? I'm not talking about the tax man, okay? Uh, you, you need to pay your taxes. I'm not talking about the bill collectors. You need to pay your bills, I'm talking about spiritual enemies. You ever felt like they're just nipping on your heels? About to get a hold of you. Boy, I tell you, I look back all those days, and yet I see here so often my enemies stumbled and they fell. Why? Because God was committed. And finally, I'll give you this, and we'll be done tonight. Look down at verse 3. So we see the present in verse 1. We see the past in verse 2. So I'll give you three guesses what we're going to see in verse number three, okay? If you don't figure it out, somebody tell them on the way home, okay? The Bible says, though and host, what's the next word? Should. That's future, isn't it? Hypothetically speaking. Though and host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Shall, future word. Though war should rise against me in this will, future word, I be confident. So David says, I have confidence in the character of God and who God is. I know who he is, present tense, today. God has not changed. I also have confidence because I look back and see the commitment of God. Every time I doubted and worried, boy, God just delivered me. And now we see David is giving us this final thing that's really the culmination of the first two. We see a confidence in the continuance of God. A confidence in the continuance of God. What's amazing, verse number three, David expands his confidence into the realm of the unknown. Notice, he's not talking about an imminent threat. He says, should, though and host should encamp against me. Hey, if a whole camp comes against me, my heart shall not fear. Or war should rise up against me. He says, look, I, I don't know, but these things could happen. But I want to go ahead and put you on notice that if these things do happen, I still have confidence. Why? Because I have a continuance from God. The character of God and who he is today, the commitment of God, who he's been in the past, and the continuance of what God's going to do in the future. He says, I'm going to be confident in that. I'm good. I'm good. You ever have somebody try to talk you about out of what you had? All right, maybe you had something they wanted. And well, they're trying to make a deal with you. And you're like, no, I'm just going to hold on to what I got. This is what you ought to hold on to. Don't let nothing this world has to offer you talk you out of the confidence that you have in God presently today. You can see it in the past and look forward to in the future. Now, it's amazing when you read your Bible, you'll see so many scriptures. Turn with me real quick before we close to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to show you something. There's so many verses in scripture that deal with the future. 
First Corinthians chapter 10, look down, if you will, to verse 12. Word of caution here. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Be careful what your confidence is in. Be careful. Verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But, and what's the next word? Will. With the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. You know what the Bible's telling us right there? There's no temptation that's taken you or will come to take you, but such that is common to man. The Bible says, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, God will, God will. That means no, what te- no matter what temptation comes upon you, as you seek to do the will of God for your life, all of a sudden temptation comes and your confidence begins to wane. Can I tell you, you have a promise from God in verse 13 that no matter what the temptation is, God will. The God that's here in the present and the God who's been our confidence in the past will be the God of our confidence in the future that no matter what I face, God will. When you're tempted to doubt, God will. When you're tempted to fear, God will. He said, wait a minute, temptations are like lustful things. We, start to, we, we, we think about sexual things and we think about coveting someone else's property, lusting after those things. Do you know sometimes I'm tempted to doubt God? Amen. Temptations aren't just sexual things. Temptations are any, any t- anything that we desire to have that God doesn't want us to have. We're lusting after or tempted for those things. The Bible says there's no temptation. No lust that will come upon you that can defeat you. Why? Because the Bible says God is faithful. Watch this. There it is again. God is faithful. Present tense. He is faithful. What will he do? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation, the Bible says also make a way to escape. You know what he's telling us? Look, I'm not saying, you know, just walk blindly into the future. You ought to plan. You ought to prepare. But you can't plan and prepare for everything. Sooner or later, you're just going to have to decide, I'm going to trust God, God regardless. No matter what I run into, what I'm tempted to do, I'm just going to trust God. Do you know that's why in Matthew chapter 4, he told his newly minted disciples, take no thought. Amen. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, take no thought. Hey, quit worrying about all. Hey, don't you think I'm God enough to provide what you need when you get out there? Hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He says, hey, I'm God. I'm God. I'll take care of it. But you've got to take care of the trust end of it, of seeking me first. Boy, I tell you, I've underlined in my Bible, Matthew 4, where he said, take no thought. Man, that's hard. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard not to think about needs that are going to come down the road. It's hard to get your mind off of those things. But as long as you're doing that, you're trying to do God's job. And you and I do a poor job at doing God's job. So we need to do our job, which is what? Seeking first the kingdom of God, having confidence in what? The continuance of God. So I'll close with this. We look at verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3 in Psalms 27. Here's what David says in verse 1. God is. God is. I have confidence because God is. Can I tell you what he's saying in verse number two? I have confidence 
because God has. I have confidence because God has. I look back and I see what God's done. Verse 3, he says, I have confidence. Why? Because God will. God will. If you remember those three things tomorrow, you'll be bold as a lion. God is today. God has in the past. And God will in the future. That's a confidence you can count on. Or you can do like me as a first-time pastor. You can go into it with your intellect and your observations and things you've learned and things you've taught and so on and so forth and run out of gas a few weeks into it. Or you can decide, you know what, I want this confidence that I can depend on that's going to be there. He's the Lord. He changes not. Who he was in David's day, Daniel's day, Paul's day, that's the same God. If Paul could face what he faced, which is far greater than you and I will ever face, and just keep on trucking with confidence, can I tell you something? We can too. Because God is, God has, and because God's, God will. How's your confidence tonight? How's your confidence? How are you doing in this area of having boldness to do the will of God in your life? We got no reason to be scared. Do you know why? What did he say? He said, this is his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He says, we win. So let's go out there with a confidence in who God is, what God's done, and what God's going to do. Amen? Let's stand.